Halloween special of Marvel vs. Marvel as we take our dive into Werewolf by Night. Little switch from the format. This is kind of somewhere between a first look and a and a regular episode, isn't it, Will? It's kind of it's not quite a first look and it's not quite a yeah, it's kind of a first look. We're gonna delve into the story though, because there's loads I want to talk to you about. Mm. There's some little Easter eggs I want to make sure we pick up and talk about. Um shout out to the people who have made it possible. Peter J, Mikey W, Brandon Schmigielski, Randall Schmidt, Zach Thomas, Basta Beer, Sam, Bindi. Those are the guys that helped us lay the table with our full history of Werewolf by Night, the creation, the horror comics, the bands, the original 50s tale. Helped us lay the table in terms of Will getting us on board with that original Marvel project. I mentioned the film's going to be involved. We nearly had Werewolf by Chocolat. And those are the guys (laughs) (laughs) that helped put it all together. And they show us us their support on patreon.com slash marvel versus marvel we've got will's got loads of questions about this show we are going to get to them but first will let's kind of pick through the the story um and everything that we saw because i want to make sure we hit everything and, and 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 get to it all Yep, it's a. We're going to quickly rush, run through the story just to give you, uh, just bring it up to speed, if you will. So, following the death of Ulysses Bloodstone, five experienced monster hunters, including Jack Russell, are summoned by Ulysses' widow, Verusa, to Bloodstone Manor, where they are instructed to participate in a competitive hunt to determine their new leader, who will wield the powerful Bloodstone. Ulysses is strange. Just- just are you are you ever going to go to somewhere called Bloodstone Manor? That's high up my list of never go there. Yeah, but these are people who are like want to do that sort of thing. They're like, oh, <laughs> challenge, so. death. These Eddie things Izzard. arouse me. You know that kind of thing. Have you ever saw Eddie Izzard used to do this routine on? Okay, that's that's just who Eddie Izzard is, but this is something very specific, if you let me get to it. Hmm. You're like a little child, aren't you? <laughs> I know who that is. Eddie Izzard did this routine on the old horror movies and James Mason, and she had this <laughs> bit all about, uh, would you like to go on a one-way holiday to the, the forest of blood, death, and guts? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, please, let's all go. Bloodstone Manor, not going there. <laughs> it's true. Ulysses' estranged daughter Elsa also arrives to compete for the Bloodstone, despite Verusa warning her against doing so. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you got a point? Well, I was on? just going to talk about uh, who they cast as Verusa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Harriet, <laughs> Harriet Sampson Harris. Character I didn't know actor, her name. Harriet Sampson Harris, who <laughs> I, I, I know very well as B.B. Uh, Glazer from Frasier. Indeed, absolutely. She's she's brilliant. I've seen her in certain quite a few things, and she's always good. And she's very good at playing someone who's very conniving, like they've they're quite a conniving character, but like trying to smile while they do it. Mm. And she played she 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 fit into this role really well. I thought we saw Jack, our kind of main character, mm. or one of our main characters, go through the the, the halls of the mansion, and there are all these um, like paintings like murals on the walls yeah did you spot any anything familiar in any of them 
I'm gonna I'm gonna have to let you down. I didn't. I was actually trying to pay attention. Going, okay, what about those things on the wall? What about that? I I didn't. I thought there'd be more. Uh, I, I, it's odd. There weren't a huge amount. There there does appear to be a mm. depiction of Gore the God Butcher. Oh, um, interesting. Being, okay. it, it, a quite, it looks like it looks like a mm. looks like a depiction for, like, like it's a takeoff of a, of a panel of Thor kind of killing the God Butcher. So that's quite that was quite interesting. Um, I wouldn't have put the God. I think the God Butcher would be kind of a bit a few stratospheres above these dudes. Mm. Um, and there's there's uh, I didn't think there's too much else. I think there was like a either a Wendigo or a Sasquatch somewhere in there as well, but. Whether that was just a furry monster or whether it was supposed to be one of the Marvel ones, it's hard to tell. It was hard to tell because there's so many typical-looking monsters. I just went, oh, I mean, it, it, at this point it could be an Easter egg, it could not, but it's not jumping out at me. How uh, awesome was the kind of clockwork, coffin, animatronic <laughs> body? Holy <laughs> shizzle, that was awesome. That was so really cool. good. That was it. Felt you're expecting a video to be played, aren't you? But instead, they actually bring out his corpse attached to what appears to be animatronics, and it's like, it's it's one of those things that, in one way, looks kind of dumb and dated, but another way, it's like, actually, this is really horrible. This but it really feel, it fits the whole aesthetic and the whole vibe of these insane people. It these does. are not rash. This is not like, hey, everybody, this is a relatable character, just like you and me. And this is what she's done to her husband. No, these are <laughs> lunatics. Each and every man, Jack, one of them. Um, I, no, but it was like when, especially when they did the uh, "I'll be rotting" pun. And I, was I like, loved it so I was much. Like, I was like, yeah, it fits in with everything. But I was just there going. Boo! <laughs> Listen, if you you don't want to set a standard of booing bad jokes on this podcast, buddy. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you one thing, I felt was a bit of a letdown. I loved mm. I loved the look, mm. I loved all of that, but I tell you what, I felt was a letdown. I wanted a I wanted a proper bit of time. I wanted to be introduced to all of these hunters, yeah. and I wanted this is Jeff. He's killed 60 people with his blood axe, which has got a little bit of oomph to it, or a little bit of power, and, and he this is his like a few words of his personality and what his weapon is. And then this is Tina. Tina kills people with a garrot wire, yeah. and she's... Da, 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 da. So that the stuff that happens later on, I, like it was disappointing that... I thought that was just an obvious thing to do. If we've got all these hunter killers, each of them has a different fighting discipline or weapon mastery that is part of their character and their whole thing. And so like a Street Fighter game, mm. we then have the character, the main character run through them all and we get to see like the different... Oh, now he's going to fight the guy with the pistols. And then it's the guy with the big sword. Like, and we didn't get that, really. I, I like uh, It would have been nice to have a bit more introduction to him because it, they, it just their appearance and how they carried themselves off seemed to be enough to give them just enough impression but at the same time if we did this whole like almost like a guy ritchie film like a montage no i don't i don't i don't obviously don't want it to be done in a bad way will <laughs> it's not it's not just there's only one way to do it and it's bad i you know there's a simple quick efficient way of of having of having done this yeah um 
They you could know, have done it through dialogue as well, through, you know, just... Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's of course what I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, you all must check your weapons here. Um, so please hand over your legendary broadsword, and you, my dear, hand over your silver dagger. That's how you do it. Yeah, like, that, that, it's a, it's, that it's an easy way. It's an easy way of doing it. I know it happened a huge amount of time, but... They're not going to be strangling anyone tonight. <laughs> yeah, I, but I did, I loved yeah. the, the feel of the whole uh, Manson and the... Uh, the introduction of, of Elsa as well and all that, yeah. Oh, oh, it's just superb. The story continues. The hunt begins in a large maze on the grounds of the manor with a captured monster that has been implanted with the bloodstone as the hunter's quarry. Following an encounter with Elsa, Russell finds the giant green plant-like monster, who he calls Ted, the monster is a f- is the friend that Russell was searching for and intended to rescue, while Elsa fights and kills one of the other hunters. Like, were you? Exp- I was fully expecting hmm. Jack to be the monster they're hunting, and I, I, I thought that too. It all out, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, to be I knew from the, it. I knew from the trailer that the man thing was in it, but I didn't know how it was going to happen, and so I thought he. I knew. I I got the impression he'd snuck in. Hmm. But I, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't get. I, I, it was a delightful surprise. Yeah, they, it, I, I liked seeing uh, Ted. Although it, it, at first I was like, oh, there's a big monster, and then you see the eye, and I'm going, what's going on here? And then you see the tendrils in the face, and I go, ah, it's Man Thing. Because I heard about Man Thing being in it before I watched it, but I forgot you about it, and I still you didn't got see him excited. in the. Yeah, because he's in the trailer. But yes, it's easy to forget because he's not like there. The main thing, I guess. Well, this is the thing. When I, th- I, I'm going to sound really silly now. I find it really hard to immediately recognise Man Thing when it's black and white because I'm looking for something Don't, green. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Anyway, I'll continue the story. Uh, Russell leaves Ted to carry out his escape plan and reunites with Elsa while she is hiding in a mausoleum. The two agree to work to free Ted and obtain the Bloodstone. Ted kills another of the hunters. And right, let's talk about that for a minute. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. was the coolest damn thing. But Seeing Man Thing be cool was awesome. He grabs the person and burns them. They burst into flames, and it's it is black and white, but it looks like not quite. It's not just like white, white, is it? There's a little. I think there's a little bit of color in there. I because yeah, they did they did this was something else, but they did with the bloodstone. You see, it's red. Yeah, it's it's like Schindler's List and the girl in the red coat. Mm. But this, there was that feeling of phosphorus, like that yellowish. So tinge. cool. So it worked he, so well. We uh, did we get we didn't get any burning in the Man Thing movie, did we? Last year. Well, how did he kill people? He just sort of he just yeah filled them with vegetation, which is kind of veg- cool. But t- yeah, th- this was so much better. Everything the Man Thing touches. If it knows fear, it burns. That was it, because I, I was trying to remember our Man-Thing episode and go, is yeah. that his thing where he touches you? And it's, it's almost like the penitent stare of Ghost Rider, but you have to touch him. Ghost Rider, you don't have to be scared. Oh, you just have to I be mean, a you have to bad be guilty, I guess. man. You have to be yeah. a bad and, man. And then also him sort of saying to Elsa, like, mm. treat him like an old friend. Don't yeah. as essentially don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Yeah, that I oh god, it all comes together because it, it's just it's just it's it all pieced together from from when when it was watched when I was uh, when we were doing the episode. Anyway, anyway, it was good to see Ted uh, and how badass he is. He's quite fearsome. Uh, Ted kills another one of the hunters, and Russell destroys the outer wall of the maze so they can escape. 
Ted flees into the forest after Elsa removes the bloodstone from him. However, the bloodstone reacts violently to Russell's touch, indicating that he is also a monster as Verusa and the other hunters arrive. Verusa captures Russell and Elsa, places them in a cage, and uses the bloodstone to trigger Russell's transformation into his werewolf form. Instead of killing Elsa as Verusa intended, the werewolf breaks the cage and slaughters Verusa's guards, only for Verusa to subdue him using the bloodstone. Elsa also Did you escapes. notice anything about Verusa's guards? They, well, they were very modern. Mm. Yeah, they looked like... Did they have a sword logo on them? They not? had the same weapons as the TVA, the Time Variance Agents, oh. in Loki. And looked to me, through black and white and old man eyes, like they could well be TVA agents, or whatever they're called, yeah. Oh my god. Mm. What would that imply? I've seen a couple of people talking about it online as well. I, oh. I don't I don't know. Like, who knows? Who And they have said that this series ties into stuff, so... Yeah, uh, they, it's a very unique that very unique stun weapon they had. Yeah, well, like, I, I, whenever I see like a, like a stun weapon like that, I'm just like, ah, everyone has them now because of the Tatari invasion. Yeah, <laughs> Every, well, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, this is a, you know, you know, you just have that now. We have ultra laser weapons because aliens invaded New York and they I got into was, the black market. I thought it was cool to have that moment of Elsa, like as soon as she finds out that that um. Mm that Jack is a monster she just shuts down and he's not she doesn't even really like talk you know she yeah. has no kind of trust in him and you know she's um, seeing the world Will she's seeing the world in mm. black and white oh monsters are evil humans are good I really um, really hate to think of you sitting on that for for, for this long and then delivering well, it I don't, I'm sitting it's not like a great line I'm just saying I think it's I think it's I think it's very much how they wanted the uh, the, the colouring to go as well as anything else. Oh, I think God. there's a reason it fades at the end when she's worked with him. Subtext in a Marvel film. Pah! Mm. <laughs> anyway, anyway. The werewolf attacks Elsa but also uh, but spares her upon... Sorry. Elsa also escapes, kills the two remaining hunters and stops Verissa from killing the werewolf. The, the werewolf attacks Elsa but spares her upon recognising her. And leaves the manor. A furious Verissa tries to kill Elsa, but is incinerated by Ted, who then leaves to find Russell, while Elsa takes possession of the manor and the bloodstone. The next day, Russell awakens in the forest in a human form, with Ted watching over him, and is pleased to learn that Elsa is safe. And they're going to go and get sushi. They're going to go get sushi, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not... Uh, okay, overall reactions to this, to, this, to, this, uh, to this special then, man. It's... I, I really enjoyed it as a little side thing, but the more we've delved into it, it does sound like they're going to possibly make make it more connected because it does feel like this is a, like an auxiliary project. Like, hey, we can just put yeah. these characters in this bucket for now, ones that probably won't be putting in a Marvel film <laughs> because we bucket. don't know how to use them. Uh, but... At the same, there were there were rumours that there was going to be a blade tie-in, but that was just an idea they had, a very early idea, and then they went no immediately after. 
I think that's just fan speculation. I, you just ha- you can't listen to all that kind of stuff. Oh no, you can't listen to fans. They're the, the worst. Um, they were actually up, they were actively upset that Blade wasn't in it. No one told you Blade was going to be in it. You've done this to yourself. God, they're so. Ugh, why? 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 Why get upset? Why set yourself I, up for failure? I loved not mm. just the black and white. I yeah. loved so the the very beginning the um it, it said marvel studios um special halloween presentation right mm. that felt to me like the old american tv movie of TV. the week that yeah, came TV up, but a modern version of it <laughs> that was cool and different then the title scroll the title sequence wasn't just marvel studios it was a halloween dark themed one they'd spent mm. money and done something different there they had the flashing on it and the screaming yeah, and it was dark, and it had it was all that, and then we get like an old Universal's Universal um, monster title card, mm. Werewolf by Night, and the music comes up. Like they're really putting me in that place. They really want me, you know, invested in this kind of aesthetic and this vibe. The black and white was cool. Did you see they had? They had um, cigarette marks CGI'd into it. I saw the cigarette marks. Uh, How cool was that? Like, might mean not a lot to a huge amount of, you know, younger audiences or whatever, but I felt that fit what they were doing. How they didn't just have black and white, but they had the old thing of in some scenes when the main character's going through the maze, they they had the, the faded black dark edges around the screen. So it actually restricts, you know, that old movies used to do that with to build tension and stuff. Very, very cool they, they attention knew, to detail. They knew what they were doing. Um, part of me wanted to see them experiment more with uh, the stark contrast you get with black and white films in the kind of way that German... Uh, was it German New Wave Cinema back in the early 20th century used to do where you'd really have this really stark contrast of shadows but it was just it was good enough it was good enough to you know to have a real good effect I think you're right in pointing out that the best kind of shadow use was on that scene where he transforms in the cage that was truly special because you're seeing two things at once you're seeing the the horrible transformation silhouetted and her reaction Mm, and it's just It's just such a great a great shot. And they built up the appearance of the, the, the you know, they really built us to to finally want to see the Wolverine and then we get it right at the very end, you know. He's he's very uh, he he does the whole wall jumping thing that a lot of those uh, characters tend to do. Like, whoop, he's on the wall, now he's back on the ground and I, yeah. I don't associate that sort of thing with a werewolf. I usually associate with just galloping at you and swiping and stuff. But that was still cool. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I, certainly in the comic books, Werewolf by Night is a very agile, limber, more nearly more man than wolf kind of thing. Ah, the um, next, that makes sense. Yeah, the look, the look was spot on. Mm. It looked very much like the character from the comics, which was cool. Um, and you know, it, I thought we were perhaps just going to get in, in a lot of these. They just turn into a big wolf. Yeah. Yeah. A werewolf just turns into a big wolf, yeah. not a wolf man. What wolf? Man? Yeah, yeah. What, like the original Universal Pictures horror, horror you know, is the, it's a wolf man. It's not. It doesn't become a big wolf, a big puppet animatronic wolf. It's a man that is, you know, a big wolf person. And and this is the the, the, the comic book is the same. It's noticeably a humanoid wolf that, that is, goes around on two legs, yeah, yeah, and kind of has proper shoulders and everything. And they did that here, and like, which I really appreciated. And they felt felt very true to the comics what they were doing. Mm. The look of him was good. Um, I thought the, the the there was. Let's talk about the gore for a minute. I was surprised yeah. by that. 
Well, very surprised. It was, it was that nice because of the black and white helped. But they they set you up for this. This is a different thing. This is a Halloween thing, and you're like, yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be blood and gore. I did not was- think that at all. I did. I thought being the MCU, we were gonna get all of this aesthetic. I thought was compensating for the fact we're not gonna get gore. I thought we were gonna get a death, <sighs> a shadow death. You know, where someone yeah. plunges a sword through somebody, but you see the shadow. I'll- well, or, I was, I was thinking, you know, someone's about to tear someone's throat out yeah. and, the, and the camera pans away and we hear a scream. I thought we were going to get nothing on screen. And I was happy with that and prepared for it. But this was a, a very different and I wasn't expecting it. It was. I mean, the, only, the closest thing I could think of was uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness with that scene. Especially with uh, the Mr. Screamy Man voice, which was just, you know, when he blows his head you, up. I can't remember uh, his name. Okay. It's, Spoiler it, warning for that movie to anybody. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. Anyway, anyway, I won't go into that. But I thought, oh, you know, they might be able to lean more of it. They really le- did lean into it. I mean, there was a part where someone got a sword through the head. Yeah. Like properly. Like, I think they got their throat slashed and then it was yeah. proper like that. And you had the guards fighting the wolf and you saw chunks of torso being torn out and ribs you had to really look because of the black and whiteness yeah there were ribs there are ribs on display <laughs> i will say that like watching it on like across a living room yeah. the black and white did make it it wasn't tremendously clear to see everything uh, mm. i i was i think i was struggling to see certain new characters i mean i have a bit of f- um face blindness when it comes to the characters on screen and stuff but i was thinking okay who's wh- who am i looking for who's uh, there's a little bit of i can't really see that person's face fully it's just kind of like a, a mass of white um but i think that's probably me having a crap old telly and and uh kind of shoddy old eyes and not a pair of glasses but <laughs> you know i think i've been watching it you know up close on my laptop or something oh, i may yeah. well have been able to you know get a get a better sight of it so I don't, I don't know if the black and white was maybe a struggle for some people uh it wasn't too much for me i, I mean I, I was watching it in my pc desk with my yeah with my so you're right close to it like i just said so you'll you'll have no problem with, with, that, with my brilliant monitors basically yeah. <laughs> i have amazing monitors but yeah it, it there was there was aspect because it was black and white and because it was grainy as well it's ever so slightly grainy Mm. Yeah. yeah i think overall again like i think i said alluded to at the start of, of the talking about it i would have really much preferred to have a distinct name personality and fighting style for each hunter so that mm. when the wolf is loose and i'm seeing him kill them and fight them i'm like oh he's gonna fight that one now and that like and we didn't get that they just became generic people to be killed um, yeah and what's the point we've got the guards i thought the hunters were going to be a step above a guard and we were going to go oh no he's going to go after captain uh death gun <laughs> you know <laughs> a little character to them something i can't remember which which, which, which who played who in that but there was that uh, androgynous looking one in white they're very spooky yeah. looking and i was like yeah. waiting on what are they gonna do what they're gonna do who's but... that no idea no idea um, they, they and, didn't and even say any names i also was surprised that none of them were like you know we've talked sometimes they marvel will just throw in character that was a perfect chance to have six or seven actual named characters from marvel comics who do yeah. something in the hunting world or the supernatural world or there's, a, there's a real possibility to, there but then they'd have to kill them all off very quickly but they, um, yeah but i'm not saying major characters but there's there's, yeah. there's tons and tons and tons you could put somebody in there that is a name and you go oh that's so and so a z list character i'm aware of yeah, um, it was yeah. kind of odd for them to just be 
Nah, just nobody really. <laughs> no one in particular. But yeah, I did really enjoy this. Overall, loved it. Loved really, it. Loved it. I, they made from the start. As soon as I hit play, Marvel made me feel like this was different, mm-hmm. and it was a special presentation. It yes. was they 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 they'd invested a little bit of you know real attention to it, and that kind of made me want to want to do the same. I was, yeah, I was really impressed, man. I was really impressed. So that was the the plot, the story, and the reactions, and the Easter eggs, and all the things you might have missed or or not taken uh, fully in from Werewolf by Night, the Marvel's special Halloween presentation. And I know Will, you've got a lot of questions coming out the the back of watching that, um, and I am primed and prepared to give you some Marvel trivia history answers. Oh, I've got Let's so go. so many questions. So. The, the character the werewolf just pops out of nowhere unlike a su- typical superhero we get no origin story uh, for the werewolf in the comics how does jack become the monster um he's portrayed it's it all starts the day but the night before his 18th birthday Ooh. um and this is very much meant to be he's a teen um he's the original teen wolf um, it's uh, way before the movie, you know. Mm. Um, it's the first full, the first night of a full moon. He's about to turn eighteen, um, and uh, he does he does um, transform uh, and become this. Well, we we actually first see the werewolf, um, a, a, a mugger going through the streets of L.A. with a knife drawn, mm. about to turn a corner and stab someone and mug them. But when he turns the corner. It's a werewolf who lets rip this howl and attacks the guy, slashes at him and makes him cry. And then the cops come and they they go, oh, my God, what's that? A giant dog savaging a man. They start <laughs> shooting and the, the werewolf hops, uh, you know, runs away, dives into the river and tries to pretend he's dead and goes on the run. And then we see Jack wake up the next morning and it's the night before his 18th birthday and he's like, he believes these transformations are perhaps just nightmares. Mm. But we see him, you know, yeah, roaming the streets of LA, being chased by cops, and he goes and fights a real a pack of real wolves at one point as well. He um, does some and wolf he, punching. He has a quite a tra- traumatic transformation where he kind of wakes up half dead, you know, um, somewhere uh, around a lot of water, and half dead, half drowned, and he mm. discovers that his mom Laura is in the hospital after um, she went out driving to try and find him, desperately searching for him when he didn't come home for the second night in a row, and the brakes of her car were damaged, and she was in a, a big crash, severely hurt, and is now in hospital on her deathbed. Um, and Jack has got all these questions about these weird things that have been happening to him, and he he needs to go and talk to his mom about it. Um, and we learn Jack's we learn from his mom Laura what's going on with him because it all relates back to his father, as Jack's ah. been raised by his mom and his stepdad. And his mom says, "Right, so when I was a, a young student, I was studying in Transylvania." Um, and I fell in love with the local baron, mm. Gregor Rusov, who was a scholar and, you know, the local leader of the town and everything. And we were married and we had children and uh, we, had, well, we had you. And she found that after they were married, once a month, Gregor would vanish into the dark chamber of his mansion for three days mm. and give stern instructions and never be disturbed. 
and one night a terrifying storm damaged the part the walls of the house specifically where gregor was and after that event he went missing and a string of townsfolk were savaged by a giant wolf a a mob was formed flaming torches and silver bullets into rifles because they're a superstitious lot they find the giant wolf they shoot it down and she watches with them as it transforms back into baron rusoff laura flees transylvania with her children um her small children back to um back to america where she eventually finds and marries philip russell um, who becomes the stepfather um and jack is like torn up by this ma- he's a very hip cat though jack who's like very oh man cat. oh man it's 1972 he's like, oh man i'm so torn up by this new this jazz and news um <laughs> and uh he he kind of learns that yeah okay so my dad was a werewolf so i'm a werewolf because that's where you'll know the, the werewolf gene passes through the dad <laughs> i missed you there buddy we had a little connection what was that oh no i don't know whether to Repeat it again, because you'll just make fun of yourself. <laughs> because as we all know, the werewolf gene passes through the dead. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, I see what you're doing. But he's Why, the, he was a werewolf, and the mum isn't a werewolf. So. Nine out of ten. He could be a Jewish werewolf. Maybe the mum's Jewish and the dad's a werewolf. Who knows? Um, that that's is. a reference to how Judaism passes through the mother. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. okay. I didn't uh, know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, obviously you can convert, but in general, uh, if your mother is Jewish, you are considered Jewish. Okay. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so the the, um, the she she tells him all this story, and he's really torn up about it, and and he's getting angry and angry, uh, and he's like, "What happened to your to your breaks, mom? Do you think it could have been that he, that son of a Philip?" <laughs> and she's like, "Oh no." Jack, no, you mustn't promise me. He's been a true and faithful husband. Promise me you'll never raise a hand against my Philip. And he's like, oh, okay, mum, I promise. And then she dies, stone dead. And he's like, no, I promise I can never hurt the man I hate the most in this world. Philip! turns into a werewolf and gets chased by nurses jumps out of a window mm. um he, he he quickly learns jack does jack russell that the brakes on his mom's car were sabotaged by the family driver a brutish man called max um who always treated his mom with disdain and yet the d- stepdad insisted we never fire him we keep him around and he's like this is why you wanted him to do your dirty work he overhears Max making arrangements to collect money from whoever paid him to have the brakes cut. Um, he, he transforms into a werewolf again and he savages Max. They have a big fight. And Max kicks the crap out of Jack, even as a werewolf for ages. And he's like, do you think wearing a silly mask is going to help you stop? Help you fight me? I'm a big, strong man. And then he gets into the <laughs> fight and he grabs his face and he goes, oh my God, you're not wearing a mask. And he legs it and runs away screaming like a, like a screaming person. Jack follows him to like his his garage and then rips his throat out and kills him. Um, and then he hides in the shadows, waiting for whoever is coming by to pay him. The employer, the person behind the death of his mother, and he waits in the darkness and discovers that it's his stepfather Philip, who's arranged to kill Laura to inherit all her wealth, and he wants to rip Philip's throat out. Um, but he remembers the wolf even then remembers the promise he made to the mom on the deathbed so he um 
he uh, he doesn't kill him, and Philip goes on to be kind of like a recurring character and antagonist, and it's like, ah, this guy's in my life, and I can't <laughs> kill him and get rid of him, but I really want to. Yeah. It is later discovered that an ancestor of, of Jack's father, uh, Grigori Rousseff, first brought lycanthropy into the family in 1795 when he tried to avenge the death and murder of his wife, Louisa, by going after the person that killed Louisa, the vampire king Dracula. Um, And in that kind of encounter in Castle Dracula, he was bitten by a female werewolf working in Dracula's service. Dracula is lord of all the underworld and all the supernatural stuff. Um, and because of that, it kind of passed down the ages to. Um, oh no, it didn't pass down the ages. There's a. It gets more convoluted. So, because Grigori's children were born before he had, he was bitten by a werewolf. They don't get. They don't become werewolves. But the mm. curse is placed on the family, and it only needs ah. a catalyst to trigger it. So, in the 1950s. The scholar Gregory Rousseff, the great 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 grandson of Grigori, gets hold of an old book, scholar that he is, a supernatural tomb known as the Dark Hold. Mm. And he reads pages of the Dark Hold, which include the secret of lycanthropy, and by reading the passage, it activates the curse. Right. Gregory becomes a werewolf, and that then is passed down to his son, Jack Russell. Oh, nice, nice. So. In Marvel Comics, does Jack Russell ever get trapped and hunted like this in some kind of manner? Not in a manner. Not in a manner he... of speaking. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Oh, it's tedious, isn't it, folks? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just like this forever now. Um, yeah. There's uh, not in it, not in like a big mansion, but no, in he does get trapped and hunted and all sorts of like. There's this shady. We we, we turn back to our our experience with Moon Knight. Who, of course, began life in Werewolf by Night. There's yes, a he did, yes. a shady group of criminals called the Committee who have been after Jack Russell for a while. They've heard these rumors. There's a wolf person in in L.A. FYI, if it's the 1970s in Marvel, everything's happening in L.A. because <laughs> because I, I'm fairly certain it's because Stan has moved out there <laughs> to be closer to the Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. He's going to the Playboy Mansion anyway. <laughs> um, get Ghost Riders out there. The champions are out there. Werewolf by Nights out there. Everything's in LA. Um, yeah, they've heard about this 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 wolf person, and they're like, "We're gonna hunt him. We're gonna get him, and we're gonna like he can work for us. We're gonna, you know, turn him into like an assassin." So these shady underworld figures have have seek out to hire the most dangerous mercenary in the world, and they find Mark Spector. Who is described as a soldier of fortune, mercenary, veteran of three African wars, five South American revolutions, a brief flirtation with the CIA, weapons expert, versatile practitioner of virtually all the martial arts, ex-prize fighter, and former Marine commando. Wow. Um, Spectre is summoned before the committee, who give him a special costume of silver and black, with a cape and a mask and a hood. And some special weaponry, silver blades, shaped like crescent moons. The silver, of course, will be able to deeply, deeply hurt a werewolf. Mm. And these Romans gladiator-style spiked gauntlets that are made of silver as well. And he gets into a big fight with the werewolf by night, Jack Russell. Um, 
and he uh it's an intense long fight it goes on and on and on and it, it kind of basically ends with this knockdown drag out draw um and neither man is kind of has won the fight then the sun comes up Jack turns back into a human, and Moon Knight easily knocks that little kid out, drags him out, drags him, you know, back to the committee, and and that's 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 it. So he's then thrown into a cage similar to this, um, and the committee have this kind of big evil scheme. They put their arm around Mark Spector because they want Mark Spector to kind of join them full time and look at how great we are, and they kind of brag about their scheme of essentially turning this werewolf guy jack into their slave and their assassin they're going to keep him in a cage if anyone they don't like they're going to throw them in the cage and jack will eat them and then they're going to train him <laughs> like a dog to hunt down their enemies wow. um and mark Spector like absolutely hates that he's like i kind of i mean this is the original origin before it's been changed a hundred times yeah but to begin with he's like hey i fought the guy he was my target and i hunted him down but like slavery is not cool i mean i might <laughs> happily savage an 18 year old and drag him before the mob but i'm not cool with slavery so he um gets his money the whopping sum of 10 grand um and he uh once he's pocketed the cash he turns on the committee frees jack russell um and when jack becomes a werewolf he helps jack beat up all the gangsters and then jack goes his one way and moon knight goes the other way and and that's uh yeah that's the tale of jack being locked up and and captured the committee would try more mm. things but that's the, the closest they ever got to locking him up so he's quite powerful then so how powerful is he in the original stories to begin with for the first i think for the first um most of the first kind of running of his series he's by the by the so he's by the light of the full moon he becomes like a, a werewolf right and the wolfness mm. the animalness overtakes him and yeah. he can't control it so he locks himself up taking precautions but so in general he can um he's like a what he can he can at will oh no wait 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 <laughs> yeah so there's a someone partially lifts the curse at some stage hmm. the three who are all i don't they're mystical beings and so he is a werewolf during a full moon yeah uncontrollable locks himself away yeah outside of that Jack can control his transformations. He can become a human wolf hybrid Ooh, with okay. the mind of Jack Russell. Okay, and that's in general the the what what we come to understand as 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 Jack Russell. Yeah, he he's got all the he can transform by by um, force of will. He's um, he meditates sometimes on it. If he closes his mind, meditates, and pictures a full moon, he becomes mm. a werewolf. But he's got his normal intellect. He can speak. Sometimes it's difficult, but he, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then during the full moon, he will change involuntarily and become a proper full feral kind of wolf guy. And some mm. some depictions during the full moon, he actually looks more wolf than human. So he's not the hybrid thing anymore. Okay, okay. So it's like that- it's like a like a nice little spectrum of wolfness. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. Um, 
as the hybrid guy, the the one that actually has adventures and does stuff and is in control, he's um, really strong. He, he he's strong and 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 fast. He's got agility, like enhanced physical abilities that you kind of expect, and enhanced senses as well. You know, hmm. his smell and his hearing. Um, and he can even see people's heat signatures. Um, oh, that's good. He's also got an advanced healing factor. It's something in the mm. region of like he can he can heal even like major damage, like bullet wounds and 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 you know big deep gashes and 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 blunt. what <laughs> what you're laughing at? Because the other the other major Marvel character with healing factor like that is Wolverine, and I'm just imagining Stan Lee going. I thought Wolf was Latin for healing. <laughs> Something ridiculous like that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, shut up. You know exactly what I want about. I think I thought connection. Wolf was Latin for healing. Yeah, because like Wolverine, Wolf. Not Wolverine. Come on. <laughs> Is it? Is it Wolverine? No, it's Wolverine. The famous Canadian animal Wolverine. I know, I know, but there's something wolfy about the word. Stanley had nothing to do with either of these guys. Okay, so he <laughs> he can heal kind of like like ten times better than a, than a human, ten times faster mm. than normal. Um, even if it's bullet wounds and burns and stabs and stuff. Yeah. Um, at one stage, I believe Deadpool blew his head off and it grew back. But uh, it, as with ever with Deadpool stories, yeah. who knows if it actually happened or not. Um, <laughs> He did um, work with a nefarious uh, Marvel scientist called Dr. Carl Malice, who was posing as a medical researcher in L.A., and he went to Dr. Malice to kind of, like, kind of um, cure him of his problems. Um, but he ended up um, trying experimenting on him and put the treatments on him to try and control him, and Spider-Woman had to come and save him. But unfortunately, the he was saved, but the process in general caused him to completely lose control of his transformations all over again mm. um, it was werewolf form became even more uh, animalistic with long ears and a snout, a curved you know, spine and yeah. canine legs, that didn't last forever but that was a, a, a particularly uh, feral period of, of, of time for, uh, for old Jack so it is. It has become in and out of being a curse. Like it's always cursed at, during the full moon. Sometimes he's been able to kind of be a general adventurer, kind of not quite a superhero, but a supernaturally gifted adventurer and explorer and stuff like that. Um, and of course, he is strong, but he does have the, uh, very particular weaknesses. Um, a big, big vulnerability to anything composed of silver. Um, Obviously, yeah. which is uh, you know useful against quite a lot of supernatural entities um and if he's kind of so if he's anything that would kill a normal human mm. sword through the heart bullet wound to the heart if you do it with silver to the werewolf he's dead does that make sense yeah yeah like, yeah yeah you stab him in the arm with silver it hurts it's not going to kill him kill him it really hurts and the blood the, if the silver gets into his blood it hurts an awful lot and it can start to poison him um but um and it would it would it won't heal at the same rate it would heal like a normal person mm. would heal um but yes if you stab him in the heart or shoot him in the heart or in the head with silver he's gonzo bloody hell so the whole story revolves around uh, the death of ulysses bloodstone and his uh bloodstone uh he's obviously a character from the comics isn't he do you think so uh, that is that sounds like a Marvel name to me. <laughs> it's such a spectacular name. 
Yeah, it's it's an, it's an odd one to have dreamed up in the in 2022, isn't it? Mm. He it, Ulysses Bloodstone is a grand hero and adventurer in Marvel Comics. Um, he first appears in 1975. He's a guy who hunts monsters. Um, his 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 overall character is he's, he's, he's uh, good guy you know mm. he's a heroic figure um he's not kind of super creepy and and um, gothic like this um and he's depicted as a guy who's on safari you mm. know he's got kind of the open shirts and he's got <laughs> long flowing blonde hair but yeah. in the in the middle of his chest he has this big glowing red stone stuck in the middle embedded into his chest that's the bloodstone okay we have to go back to um, like the year 800 BC, the height of what is known in Marvel as the Hyborian Age, which Ooh, is all connected have- to Co- it's all connected to Conan the, the the Barbarian, and Marvel keeps it as part of its legitimate history. Wait, wait, are you telling me that there's a possibility that we've already discussed this? Hundred percent, we're doing Conan. I know we're doing Conan, but I mean, like, we did I ever no. did I ever ask that if are we going to see a crossover at some point with Conan and the Barbarian in the films? <laughs> um, I don't think so. No, oh, although he's he's back in the comics, but uh, uh, I think the estate would of of his author uh, mm. would want that to be fully theirs. Yeah, that's true. So, true. Um, we 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 see a, the strongest hunter of his tribe, a strong man with no name, notices a falling meteorite that he decides to investigate. The apparent meteorite is actually a, a powerful extra-dimensional object called the blood gem, red blood mm. red gemstone, three feet wide, um, that's created by the elders of of like a different reality. Mm. Uh, it's it, it's no it's apparently a chaos based reality. Um, they're called the Hellfire Helix, or they're. Yes, I believe they're called the Hellfire Helix. They create this blood gem as a weapon to kind of conquer and transform other realities. Um, and so they've sent their own kind of... Oh, what's his name? Um, I'm going to try and pronounce this. Uluxil Quan Tai Sin, which is a, a big monster dude, who goes to the meteorite to try and, 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 and grab it and control it and everything. But the local hunter... Finds the rock first, fights Tyson. Um, in the fight, the the meteorite is smashed. A big explosion. It kills the whole tribe, um, but not the hunter, who gets a chunk of the meteorite permanently embedded in his chest. Ooh. He vows revenge on Oluxil Quan Tyson and all monsters like him. Because of the death of everyone he's ever known his whole way of life. Yeah, yeah. And he sets off a lonely life wandering and learning to hunt those that hunt the people. It becomes apparent that this gem has made him immortal and virtually unkillable. And he travels the world from 800 BC through to the modern age. Um, He becomes... um, incredibly adept at fighting killing hunting has crazy adventures um walks the world learns every language visits every culture becomes the greatest hunter that ever did it um and eventually starts to use the name ulysses bloodstone Mm. um he 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 amasses a vast fortune 
from his adventures and his mercenary lifestyle um and just from being very very old um he sets up a series of outposts across the globe and he he lives in he 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 lives in Greece he sees the rise and fall of the Roman Empire. Mm. He goes to China and he hunts Fing Fang Foom. Hey, the, the Chinese nice. kind of dragon thing. Yep. He he gains a mastery of pretty much every weaponry in the world and and all the different fighting styles. Um, he he fights alongside Steve Rogers' ancestor in the American War of Independence. We're getting into real. Um, Forrest Gump territory with Ulysses. <laughs> um, he yeah. he takes the name Ahab at the beginning of the 19th century, and Ulysses becomes the captain of the Pequod, and mm. he goes after a giant white monster called Giganto that looks like a kind of like a whale. Herman Melville <laughs> fictionalizes this confrontation into Moby Dick. Mm. Um, he he goes out into the, uh, the 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 western frontier and becomes known as the Redstone Kid, a celebrated gunfighter. Sometime in the nineteen thirties, he fights Nosferatu and a clan of vampires. He battles the mole people before the mole man of the Fantastic Four gets control of them. He hunts dinosaurs across the Savage Land, like hundreds and hundreds of years before the X Men would eventually discover it. In the 1950s, he is recruited by Nick Fury alongside other great hunters Sabretooth and Craven the Hunter to join a team of Nazi hunters called the Avengers who were mm. set out to avenge the uh, people killed during the Holocaust and track down Nazi war criminals who escaped justice at Nuremberg. Um, and as the Marvel age begins, he, he starts to have many adventures and encounters with like Captain America and Iron Man and Doctor Strange and others like that. So yeah, he's a, he's, um, he's not a major, he's a big, he's a big, big character, but kind of in that Forrest Gump backgroundy way. I was, I was about to say, he sounds like in the periphery of everything. Hmm. Do you, do you think we'll see, uh, like his his younger tales and stuff in in the MCU or not? There might be a reference to it, but I don't. I, I highly yeah. doubt it. They've cast him. He was a, a weird gothic dude, hunter person. That's that's what they've decided he is. That's fair play. Uh, also, also, we have Elsa Bloodstone. Uh, so, does Ulysses have a daughter in the comic books? Is she anything like this? What's presented here? She, he does. She was introduced in 2001 by um, writers that we've talked a lot about, Dan Abner and Andy Lanning, the mm. masterminds behind the modern Guardians of the Galaxy, behind the Annihilation stories that we've talked about, um, and Thanos and all sorts of stuff like that, and also by the artist called Michael Lopez. Um, she's introduced in this series called Bloodstone, 2001, and it's essentially kind of like a Marvel version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, maybe cross with Laura Croft as well. It's that era, isn't it? She she gave off very Buffy vibes in this. As well. I don't think she did in this myself um, well, at all. But okay, uh, I mean, she's a woman that fought monsters. You could say there's that. But she has a leather jacket. <laughs> Does Buffy have a leather jacket? I don't. I don't know. You know that, that kind of that, okay. kind, that kind of same uh, sort of sort of style. Okay, you can imagine um, Buffy wearing a leather jacket. You can imagine she reminds me of this character because I can imagine this character wearing a thing this other character is wearing. She, she gives off the same vibe. Okay, me. so yeah, she's she's introduced as the daughter of Ulysses Bloodstone after he's died, um, and mm. she's a monster hunter like her father, but she's young and contemporary and female. 
and they establish a really fun setup for her in in this very short-lived series um elsa lives in bloodstone manor with her mom um and her ally is adam who is frankenstein's monster um, ah. and she has befriended a um the lawyer and the executor of the bloodstone estate charles barnabas who is also a vampire so they have all these kind of supernatural elements into her supporting cast which is cool and she publishes a blog about monster hunting so it's kind of a sex in the city vibe to it as well that opening narration that you get in sex in the city which is Mm. from the um article she's writing that kind of plays a theme in elsa as well she's writing a blog not for like a national fashion magazine or newspaper or something and blogs were blogs used to be cool man in in the early early aughts when they used to exist and they weren't just a thing that companies did so you could could see their website more often um she it's a short-lived series it's a no one really wants to do much with the character but then she has a prominent and hilarious role in a series by warren ellis called next wave next wave is an insane series that is so mad that as it's coming out people are asking is this canon is this actually (laughs) part of marvel continuity and everyone who involved kept saying yeah we don't know and then for decades after it was like no it it absolutely can't be because of this and this and this it's just too crazy and too over the top and the characters are completely different to how they've ever been portrayed before or since i gather however that now it is considered canon or at least the events that happened seemed Mm. to happen um in that series she is a hard drinking apathetic kind of sarcastic um bawdy character Mm. who um the all the american characters just constantly rip on for her english accent um tons of jokes about her teeth and how she's and how she talks and mary poppins and all of that she recalls to her in a very funny sequence her childhood which is just you don't see ulysses but it's just her in a crib as a toddler and ulysses just keeps dropping deadly monsters into her crib to see if she'll live <laughs> and when she beats one he's like as my girl and then she get, then he puts in a slightly bigger monster no um, and then she cut out the flashback and she's like shaking and she's like i had a rough i had a rough growing up man um she hates us her her teammates on next wave especially uh, machine man who is a robot and also a massive pervert for some reason <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense because he doesn't have any genitals why he, why he, was i programmed to be horny he just keeps staring at her chest and she keeps hitting him um it's <laughs> mad it features someone building an army of baby modocs um to try oh, and kill people it's no. just what it's insane it has its own theme song it's brilliant <laughs> and it's, I, I, it's crazy and i love it um yeah I, I adore it but that's her most like prominent featured role for ages and ages and it wasn't really considered real for a long long time and so marvel didn't really know what to do with her but she does come out of that series generally carrying th- a lot of that brash personality that she yeah. had once once next wave is over when she's reintroduced people like that design like that look and they do portray her as a much more aggressive character um and she becomes yeah she becomes a supporting character turning up in in um 
in Marvel in the same way that like Nick Fury kind of does. If there's um you need the government involved, bring in Nick Fury as a supporting character. If there's something to do with monsters, a yeah. monster story, you know, you'll bring um you'll bring Elsa Bloodstone into it and um, that kind of works. I kind of hope we see more of the monster side of things in the MCU from now on. Oh, I agree, yeah. This could make things really interesting, because we've got the cosmic, we've got the space, we've got the multidimensional stuff. Oh, God, there's so much to go through. So finally, we see Man-Thing for the first time in the MCU, which is wonderful. Wonderful. Is there any uh, any special connection between Man-Thing and Werewolf, though? Yes, the um, 1976, we got a, a, a one-off kind of special thing called the Legion of Monsters, um, which Ooh, brings together fun. the 1970s uh, monster characters. Mm. The, a, 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 an alien being called the Starseed kind of uh, crash lands or appears on Earth. No, it comes to Earth. He's basically Space Jesus. He comes to <laughs> Earth to try and save everyone. And by virtue of his odd kind of... Um, cosmic kind of radiation or whatever it, it, it accidentally brings together morbius the living vampire mm. um ghost rider um werewolf by night and man thing who were the big 70s monsters and they all come together as the star seed starts to um talk about how he's going to grant the 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 dreams and the wishes of every living creature on earth However, the problem with this is <laughs> Morbius and Werewolf by Night are they just can't keep it together and they're overwhelmed by that. They're both of them need to feed. They're both really hungry. So they both just attack and kill it. <laughs> they, they, they attack. Like, Ghost Rider is the sensible one. He's like, whoa, whoa, stop this. Stop attacking. Stop attacking. Star, the Starseed alien creature is like terrified by what's happened he's been bitten and slashed at by a vampire and a werewolf and because he's terrified man thing who can't control himself either is like he's afraid i burn things that are afraid puts his hand on the start scene and just burns it to death <laughs> um and little did they know, like what he was trying to do was cure them of their monstrous curses and afflictions but nope we killed it because we don't know how to behave. Um, yeah. So they weren't really a team, although they had the most awesome name, the Legion of Monsters. Um, they weren't really a team. They were accidentally brought together by Cosmic Jesus, who was going to save everyone on Earth. But then, because of Werewolf by Night and Morbius and Man-Thing, we killed we killed a cosmic deity. Um, and, yeah. So they have that brief connection. And then, in 2010... Kind of a new version of the Legion of Monsters is formed to actually be a, a team. Mm. Um, we get Morbius, um, Morbius and Vampire, Werewolf by Night, and Man Thing, and they're joined by two new additions um, Nkantu the Living Mummy and the Manphibian. <laughs> now, what they're doing there is yeah. creating Marvel versions of Universal Picture Greats. Yes. So the Mummy and the Manphibian being. Is the uh, creature from the Black Lagoon? Absolutely, ten on ten. Um, so they uh, they come together to protect monsters from a new overzealous government military outfit called the um, Hunter of Monsters Special Forces. 
um, who are going around America and the world killing monsters. And these are the guys who are like, well, a lot of monsters are misunderstood. This is bad. Um, and so they go around like saving the monsters, fighting the special forces unit, mm. and ferreting the monsters away to underground tunnels where what's been created is something called Monster Metropolis, which is a safe haven, safe haven for the Marvel monsters um, <laughs> uh, during this adventure. <laughs> so, uh, Wolverine's son, Dekan has murdered mm. the Punisher and chopped him up into little bits. Oh, lovely. Or big bits, actually. Man-Thing finds the body parts of the Punisher, brings them back to Monster Metropolis, uh, and Morbius reassembles them as Frankencastle. <laughs> yes! Oh, my lord. <laughs> and so the Frankencastle, the Punisher, joins them as their, their like Frankenstein monster thing. And he helps protect the monster in Metropolis as well for a period of time. Um, and Elsa Bloodstone turns up in that series as well um, during this kind of le- this this revival of the Legion of Monsters mm. and kind of an uneasy relationship because she's the monster hunter and stuff. But she does work with um, Jack Russell, um, which uh, may or may not have inspired perhaps the relationship we get in this in this special movie presentation. So before we wrap things up here, Will, on our special Halloween presentation, um, what was your favourite slices of trivia that you've learned about in our in our Werewolf by Night um, special episode? I, I mean, on a serious note, I love the idea of Ulysses Bloodstone having this sort of adventure. So cool, right? Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's just so cool. I would really love them to at least not acknowledge some of that in the MCU in the future, if not you know just maybe just give us something you know to have a look at that but it, it would have to be frankencastle <laughs> it's a really fun little bit that legion of monsters um is is a, is a fun fun series yeah. um and that brings me nicely onto the reading list um you can get hold of the all the 70s werewolf by night stuff in werewolf by night the complete collection same with man thing you can get man thing by steve gerber or man thing the complete collection um i highly recommend Bloodstone and the Legion of Monsters. That collection, I think you can own it's it's not being printed currently, so you can only get it secondhand. Um, but that's got tons of Elsa Bloodstone stuff, it's got some Ulysses Bloodstone stuff, um, and it's got the Legion of Monsters in there as well. Um There's also a fun a fun thing, it's it's after Ulysses Bloodstone has died. It, but it's called Captain America the Bloodstone Hunt. And it's essentially mm. Similar to this, like Bloodstone dies, and then bad guys and good guys all go hunting for the Bloodstone, and it's a big, it's a big story, it's a long story that, that Cap's involved nice. in. Um, that's kind of fun. Um, Baron Zemo is Baron Zemo in it. Red Skull's in it. I think Baron Zemo's in it. I believe Batrock the Leaper's in it. Um, and a uh, personal favorite of mine, Next Wave Agents of Hate, um, the trade paperback. <laughs> um, it's just utterly daft and mad. Like it was meant to be. Um, next wave with his team and they were tricked into working for an evil um, agency they thought it was the good guys and the original concept was that 
Um, next we were being chased by Nick Fury um, mm. and the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. but the scripts that Warren Ellis were turning in it was like no you can't have uh, Nick Fury crying and trying to kill himself because he's depressed and we can't show Nick Fury sat on the toilet and yeah. you can't so in the end they said look this can't be Nick Fury you have to change the whole concept so he created Dirk Anger <laughs> And and the agents of hate, um, and uh, that's the that's the that's the shebang, baby. In its tons of fun. Um, well, all that remains for us to do is announce in our next episode coming at you. Spooktober is over, and we head into the uh, perhaps the beating heart of the Marvel universe. We're going to look at the acclaimed 2010 animated series Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I believe it is one of the greatest Marvel movie or TV show project ever done. One of the best adaptations, one of the most faithful adaptations. Got a bold, bold, bold presentation of the Avengers. It's really great. I cannot wait to watch it. Um, I can't wait to uh, to dive into all the history and the trivia. So join us in the next episode for the acclaimed Earth- Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Marvel vs. Marvel was researched, written, and performed by Rob Holden and Will Preston. The show is produced by Will Preston, and our theme song was composed and performed by Dan Walsh. Head to patreon.com slash marvel versus marvel for awesome bonus content. Oh, 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 oh